Hello, welcome to Blades Pod. It is Monday, the 11th of April. My name's Ben. On the line is Andrew. How's tricks, mate? Very good, mate. How are you? I'm good as well, thank you. Yeah, you're back to back to full health, back to the lane at the weekend, weren't you? A lot better, yeah. A bit tired, you know, but I got through the 90 minutes and, uh, and a couple of pints after, so yeah, I think... Uh, Good for my recovery. <laughs> Excellent stuff. Was it nice to be back having missed uh, missed the game? I was really looking forward to it. I was like, because I still felt really ill. Like even when I did the pod, I was still like, oh god, I was like, I want to get fit for Saturday and uh, <laughs> uh, greet greet it by a nil nil draw. <laughs> <laughs> wasn't the wasn't the worst nil nil draw no. I've seen? Uh, I enjoyed it. As yeah. a game. I thought it was a really good match. I thought it were two teams very different. Really, I thought uh, the way they were both set up, but. A really competitive game, I felt, and um, I thought it were a, yeah decent quality as well. But we've seen a lot of bad football this year mm. in this league, and I don't think that were a bad game at all. Yeah, no, I agree. A uh, couple of a uh, couple of things before we get properly stuck into that. Uh, one is the pinch, which we should mention, which mm. is a new Sheffield United newsletter that you can sign up to. Uh, I'm going to be writing something for it. You have already written something for it, which we've can... been casting my uh, my right eye over social media. You yeah, certainly uh, have. So this is uh, just for anyone who's missed this. This is from the. Uh, it's been organised by the people behind the Demblades fanzine, and it's it is a cracking idea. I've got to say, it mm. is a um, a subscription newsletter. Uh, there is one article free per week, and there is also a. Friday article and a, a bonus content which comes behind a paywall. Um, the and all sort of uh, revenue from it gets split between all the writers involved as well, which is very nice. It includes Deadbat of uh, of Tufty Club, yourself, as I mentioned. Uh, Ian Rands is down on here from Four Blades in the Pub as well. Danny Hall from yep. the from the Star. Yep. Phil Rose is on here. Mister uh, Mister Carrybag Firm himself. John Ashdown yep. of the Guardian. Kate Belaga, Sky's, uh, or I think. Previously, skies. Yeah, just last year. Yeah, yeah, it's a pretty amazing lineup. Uh, no disrespect intended to all the people whose names I've not mentioned on here, but um, yeah, yeah, go and uh, go and sign up to it at the pinch, as in a pinch of snuff. Dot substack. Dot com. So the pinch. Dot s u b s t a c k. Dot com. And uh, yeah, get a get a weekly dose of uh, excellent blades writing. Do you want to? Do you want to just quickly tell people what you're? Uh, the article that's landed in my inbox was this morning. Yeah, the one I do, I just like looking at all the so the stuff that I've seen on social media, so so like podcasts and vlogs and Twitter accounts and forums and whatever, and just like the funniest things that I could pick out. Basically, and I tried to put them together into some sort of a narrative. I ended up because I wrote it around the the actual videos and what have you in the podcast, and it was like, how am I going to fit this in some sort of narrative that works and try and link them together? So it was quite difficult in that sense, but. Really enjoyed doing it, and um, I spoke to a dead bat officer last week uh, when we went to Stoke, and he said he's doing one about the Greenham, which I'm looking forward to. So that should be coming in a couple of weeks as well. Mm. Yeah, it's uh, there's going to be some very interesting pieces in here, I think. Yeah, for sure. Um, I need to think of what mine's going to be. Sorry, some peek behind the curtain there. How <laughs> little planning's gone into it so far from my side. But <laughs> I've got I've got a few weeks yet to uh, to cook something up. Um, anyway, that is the pinch. I really enjoyed uh, really enjoyed reading yours this morning, mate. Um, yeah, go go subscribe to that. Um, I think one other thing we can't uh, can't go without mentioning is Neil Warnock's retirement. Which yeah. did he announce this? I'm, sad, I'm sad about this. I know you. I know you're not a hugest fan, and I'm not a huge. Well, I wanted him out when he left. I think it was time for him to go, and he's 
he annoyed me throughout his time. But he's, he, I mean, he's a cliche, but he's such a character, and there's no one else like him, is there? That's that is all completely true. You just like absolutely nailed it. I like, I don't dislike Warnick. I just, I don't know. I just don't feel massively positive towards him as like a United personality anymore. I think that's that's a fantastic way of putting it because I think what what I'd say about him is when he were our manager, I was like, oh god. <laughs> when he comes to his <laughs> interviews, you're like, oh no, this man's representing our club, and he's just like ranting about nothing. Um, but once he'd left, I actually I actually liked him a lot more once he'd left. Is this the first time he's retired? Like, has he come out of retirement, or did I make that up? He often says this is my final year, but I think this is the first time he's actually said. I wouldn't be surprised if he if he pulls up a, I don't know, what, what I'm trying to think of a, a non-league. Uh, what they called uh, begins with T around my area where he lives. True, true, oh, God, what? Truro. Truro, Truro. Does he live in Devon actually, or Cornwall? Somewhere around anyway, there. Yeah, yeah, so I, well, I imagine him popping up there or somewhere, you know, for one final job, Sharon. Like, <laughs> well, so, yeah. That was what I was going to ask you, is uh, what sort of a percentage chance do you think he is going to unretire? And But not not for Truro, but like actual football league team. I I think we're talking at least 60%. <laughs> I think it's more think likely more than not. there's more chance of him going back. I think there's more chance of him going back into football than not. And I hope yeah. he does. Because, like I say, he's good to have around. Um, I can't believe we lost to one of his sides this season. That that's how, because obviously he's retired now. And you look at his age, and he does seem a bit of a throwback and what have you. And we lost to him this season, and that's a credit to him. You have to say, like he's still at his age and everything, and every club he's been. At. I mean, there were photos of him in the like late seventies that people were posting when he was starting out on his managerial career uh, at Gainsborough, I think it were. And to still be in you know top level football, Championship football. By at this stage of his career, it's incredible. I can't think of any other managers who've done it. Anyone, Many other managers. Has anyone written the book on Chris? Oh, Chris Warnock, <laughs> Neil Warnock. Um, like, not not. He's done but, it himself. He's yeah, got, I'm not. I'm not interested out, in what he's got to say. I want the. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it must be a wild story if it's taken from a like vaguely sort of objective perspective. Mm. I mean, I, you know, you hear all sorts of rumours about. Uh, you know certain reasons why he perhaps did not get a Premier League job before he got promoted with Sheffield United, which I will not repeat on here. Nothing particularly yeah. insidious in the. No, uh, no, no, no. Know, Just n- one minute ago, Wayne yeah. formed up, lad. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think um, every time you, I don't, I don't listen to all the under the coshes, but when it features United player, I usually listen to him. Every time anyone's been on there who's played under him, they always cite him as like a fantastic man manager. There's only Jeff Horsfield who I've seen who's had bad words against him on that show, whereas he. His assistant, Kevin Blackwell, obviously, I've not seen anyone praise him. So, and there's got to be something in that. You, you know, people follow him around and they want to play for him. And yeah, I think um, he, he's going to go down as, um, yeah, he'll be remembered anyway. <laughs> he certainly will. That's such, yeah. such a good epitaph, that, isn't it? He'll be remembered. <laughs> he will be remembered. Yeah. I mean, like I say, and that's truth be told. Until Wilder came, he was our most, most successful manager for like 25, 30 years or whatever it was when Bassett left. Cannot argue with that at all. I'm looking now, There's uh, on Amazon, there is a book of his, the inside story of Neil Warnock's Cardiff City. So somebody's, I don't know how long he was the Cardiff manager, maybe three years, something like that. But, mm-hmm. you know, somebody's written an extensive uh, extensive tome about that. And then there's yeah. there's uh, War of Words, the funniest Neil Warnock quotes with an exclamation <laughs> mark at the end of the title. Yeah. 
Unbelievable. He's doing a um he's playing Sheffield City Hope. I, I said this too early, playing. He's not getting like guitar and piano out doing like a full band or anything. He's doing the Sheffield City Hall as like a I think it's a question and answer thing um in September. And uh I've got a Wednesday friend who wants to go to that. <laughs> and um so I might pop along to that. Neil Warnock. Happy retirement, Neil. Like I said. Yes. It, it, See you oh, in a couple of weeks. <laughs> yeah, see you next season, yeah. God, there's got to be some some struggling League One or Championship team is going to be picking up the phone next season, surely. Yeah. yeah well, I think, I'm pretty sure he'd sort of retired when Rotherham came in. You know, when he saved them. That mm. was an incredible achievement. They were, they were rock bottom and he, and he kept them up. And I think that got his love back for the game. And, um, yeah. And like I say, he didn't do fantastic at Middlesbrough, but he... he, he, he Consolidated him, you know, he, and that was his last job, obviously. And he's not—it's not as if he's bad out in disgrace or anything. No, I think he—if if that is his last job, I think. Yeah. Actually, probably. I, I bet deep down he sort of enjoys the way that ended. You know, the sort of mm-hmm. getting, uh, you know, stabbed in the back off off camera. So funny! Of I'll never forget that interview when I was like just listening to it. He's like, "Well, good win, Neil. Sorry, good result. I think they drew with West Brom. Good result, one-one. He goes, yeah, I've been fired." <laughs> <laughs> just another another chip on the shoulder for him to sign off anyway yeah, let's exactly, uh yeah. let's move on from neil warnock because uh yeah i'm sure we'll be talking about him coming back to football within i would say within 18 months he'll be he'll mm. be managing someone in the football league um let's talk about this bournemouth game then so a nil nil draw with bournemouth i think you know the, the sort of first thing to say about it is um for anyone who listened to the last pod i was pretty down on our chances of getting anything out of this so on that basis very very happy to take a point out of the game i suppose the frustration is that we had all the chances essentially we had three excellent chances like really you know two one-on-ones and a kind of a tapping basically from six yards out should also have had an extremely clear penalty uh, which we will Mm -hmm. absolutely get on to but ultimately I'm pretty happy with that, you know. This is a game I expected to lose. Uh, other results went quite nicely for us this weekend, I, I think. I think the other results thing is that, I mean, I, I came out of the ground and there were a couple of motors, like two points dropped, and, you know, but and then I, I looked at S2 Shabos, never a good idea after he had one. And uh, they were like, sort of, like, people on there sort of like, oh, that's a bad result. And I was thinking, I had taken a point before. I understand that if you've watched, if you'd not seen the game, I think he says, oh, no, no, you think, oh, yeah, definitely take that, yeah. But if you'd seen the match, I do understand the disappointment because we deserve to win. I don't know if there's any doubt. I, don't, I know uh, Scott Park said they dominated, but they didn't do anything. They didn't have any major chances, literally. Yeah. And we had we could have won on another day, three nil, four nil, maybe. And I'm not. I'm, I know that sounds ridiculous because it was such a close game, really overall. So I think they had more possession and stuff. But in terms of chances, we missed like three massive chances. Yeah, three three big chances to nil on. Uh... Optus stats and then the penalty as well. Yeah, I thought yeah, it, yeah, yeah. It was a strange one. I thought, um, I, and maybe my uh, preconceptions about Bournemouth and you know the fact that they are second in the table, uh, maybe this this had a contributing factor. But I thought they looked a lot better than us. But we should have won the game. <laughs> we should have beaten. I, them. I think you can tell they're a good side. I mean, you looked at the bench and everything, and I, I thought in possession, they, you could tell they got quality. Like mm. there's little, they, there were no sort of. I mean, there's certain teams this season where they, they've relied on hard work or whatever or set pieces. These were a skillful team. I think they pretty much every player in the team were comfortable on the ball, and you felt that 
the, I don't. I never felt comfortable, even though they didn't create anything. I always thought they've they've, they've got something. Mm. You know, every, pretty much every attacking player they've got who can do something. And then you look at the bench and Campbell didn't even get on, and whoa, <laughs> and all these players. And I've said it before, and you know, he's not our manager, so I don't want to go in on him that much. But I think if they had a, a better manager than Scott Parker, they'd be closer to Fulham than Forest. I think you're probably right. Yeah. Uh, some of the other results: QPR lost again. Uh, Millwall won fine. Uh, Blackburn drew at home with Blackpool. We, you know, we sort of yeah. pen- penciled that in for a home win. Really lucky as well. I don't know if you saw the Blackpool chance right at the end. Uh, no, I didn't actually. Oh, it's just inches wide from Blackpool. Like it was just like, oh, I thought I'd have gone in. <laughs> mm. Well, that is even so. That is definitely points drop for Blackburn, even with yeah. uh, Diaz coming back. Middlesbrough and this is the thing. This is the thing. What, what I'll say about this match is the reason I'm happy is because I think it's our hard, the hardest game we had left. I know people point at Fulham, but they'll be up by then. And this, this is the only team we'll have left who realistically got something to play for. I know Reading aren't safe, but they are realistically. Hmm. Um, and I felt that that were going to be the toughest game because of that. And but at the same time, we we're not going to. You know, we've got five games left. We're, we're expected to win four of them, I'd say, um, because we're playing three teams near the bottom and then one in probably the worst form in the league in QPR. But that's not going to happen because that look at Middlesbrough. You know mm. they lost it on to Hull. We are going to slip up. I I've seen a lot of people say we need four wins from five. I think it's probably going to be three and maybe a draw. Yeah, I think you are probably right. So even yeah, I mean even at full time, you know, and having missed those chances, uh, mm. which we'll talk about in a bit more detail, I was still pretty happy because yeah, yeah. I, I guess like you just touched on there, I felt like with Bournemouth's undoubted quality throughout their team, I thought there's just going to be that one. It just reminds me, of like Robert Snodgrass for Villa, for example. Like, just exactly. that... we were saying all the way through that you, because we we had so many chances. I, I, obviously, this was before the the final chance as well. I would think I was saying all the way through they're just going to score a worldie. <laughs> like, yeah, they're just going to score an absolute worldie out of nowhere, and it's going to be like a sucker punch. But you know, thankfully they didn't. Yeah, and the, and the headline will be, well, that's why they're going up. You know, they yeah they haven't played well. They've rode the luck and they nicked a nicked a goal. But now to be you know. Massive credit to this team, you know. Bournemouth, as I yeah. said, they are, as I said beforehand, they are comfortably the second best attack and uh, one of the, I think, the top three defenses as well in the league. Um, and we shut them down, completely shut them down, without playing a particularly defensive game plan. I didn't think. Well, I'd say that actually, because since that disaster at Coventry, we've let one goal in now in five, and that were a deflected goal at Stoke. I know that were a poor performance, but or an own again, goal. we didn't get. We didn't get torn apart at Stoke or anything like that. So mm. we've been really solid in the last five five games. Yeah, another clean sheet. Uh, and Wes is like, um, I think he has the most clean sheets of any keeper now. I know we had the most of any team, but he has like 16 clean sheets in 23 starts or something ridiculous. Yeah, outrageous. I mean, obviously his defence has helped that as well, but particularly in the in the last month when we were tighter and stuff and, and the opposition were creating more chances... He's obviously massive respect to him for doing that. He kept us in a couple of games this season. Yeah, might, might be twenty-seven starts. I'm just uh, just trying to double check that one because it is a a fairly fairly big stat. I'm, I'm sure I saw this tweeted earlier. Uh, twenty-seven times, yeah, sixteen clinches yeah. in twenty-seven starts. But in this particular game, he had nothing to do. But the nah. best thing he did was that fantastic pass to Stevens. Yeah, brilliant ball that, that pinged yeah. it out to the wing, didn't he? Yeah, um, yeah, that like get him in midfield. What? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, weird things happened in this game. It was, a, it, as I said, it was an eventful nil-nil draw. Um, I'm going to give you my five weirdest things that happened, and uh, we can talk about them individually. And you can you can point out any others that I might have missed. Uh, Lloyd, Lloyd Kelly inexplicably smashing a clearance against his own crossbar under yeah. no pressure whatsoever from our corner in the first half. Um, I only realised this has hit the bar when I saw the highlights, but. 
Yeah, yeah, I did exactly the same because like, at half time I was looking at the matchup because I wanted to be honest. Even by half time, I wanted to find out who the ref was. <laughs> <laughs> so I was looking at the BBC and like they had like a mini match and he goes, "Oh, Sheffield United at the barn." I'm like, did we? <laughs> <laughs> but um, but yeah, obviously you watch it back. Um, I saw the Bournemouth fans after the view for we didn't include it, but a lot of their fans are going to go at Lloyd Kelly. I mean, I know you mentioned him last week as being a really good player, and I've, I agree with you. But they apparently he's been pretty poor the last couple of weeks. But yeah, bizarre, um, bizarre from him just to. <laughs> But not as bizarre as another one, I think you're going to come on to. <laughs> yeah, it would have been an amazing own goal. Yeah, like I said, just oh, yeah. under no pressure, just decides to welly it straight towards his own net, fortunately for it him. It, it was about five minutes before. The, I mean, it was further wide, but I don't know where that were, actually. I mean, he volleyed it wide as well. There were no one near him. Yeah, was that intercepting a... No, I do know what you mean. Yeah, it weren't yeah. that far wide, were it? Actually, it weren't that far wide. No, but there were no one near it. I'm like, good effort, mate. Yeah. <laughs> uh, these are in no particular order, but um, I'll, I'll I'll say this one now because uh, I've, I've seen the gif of it, and I, I just I laugh harder at every single repetition of this gif, <laughs> and it's George Baldock's throwing in the yeah. second half. For anyone who's not seen this, we have a throw-in in a great attacking position. It's quite late in the game, right? It's probably only like yeah, yeah, three yeah. or four minutes left. I reckon it's just before the uh, the Aremovic chance. Yeah, yeah. Um, we have a throw-in like level with their penalty area. There's a bit of dithering. Bulldog's taking it. You know, players are doing their usual little sort of uh, run round in a circle routine. Mm. And Bulldog just throws it straight into Ben Osborne's face from the about five yards. The best thing about yards. this by a mile is how mad Bulldog is. And it's like... <laughs> Pretty much your fault, that mate. Like, he just throws it straight to right his, right face. his face. Yeah, it's about five like, yards oh, away. For God's sake! Like... Osborne's body language is like he clearly looks like he's he's sort of like as if he wants he, he naturally wants to feel embarrassed, and then he sort of goes, "Hang about, what was yeah, supposed to do?" That's not my fault. Yeah. Oh, so I mean, did you laugh at the time? Um, yeah, at the time it was one of these like, ah, oh. <laughs> like sort of like, you know, we've let that, and then I sort of like sniggering, like going, oh god. <laughs> I I think it could be, it could become iconic. That to be honest, yeah. I think it's uh, for me, it's up there with the Connor Salmon miss, and maybe the um, I probably put the Jay McEverly yellow card tackle gift into that mix that as well. High praise indeed. <laughs> it's so funny, so so funny. It's just like. It's just absolutely pathetic. It's the yeah. kind of thing if it happened in a um, you know like a non-league game, all the sort of yeah. lad banter Twitter accounts would have it all over the place, won't they? Real, yeah, yeah, real yeah. football here. Um, another strange thing. Uh, credit to my dad for noticing this one. Although you said, I think you said Eggy noticed this as well. Actually, mm-hmm. Adlin Guediora making a surprise appearance on the big screen before the game. <laughs> I missed this. I think I'm like, no. Sure, that were him. I'm like, nah. And then you obviously text me after, like, oh my god, you're right. <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh, I think they put Guardiola's name and uh, and his picture up when it was supposed to be Aremovic. Now I, uh, I've been too lazy to actually check this, but I believe Aremovic has taken his number. Um, and yeah. that's why his. <laughs> I assume that's where the mistake has come from. But... I mean, I know we've had a few injuries, but you know, come on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, Number four, uh, flex clearance in the second half. The second I half, think this yeah. is the most bizarre out of the lot, personally. I've, I was just... even, even through the throw-in, because the throw-in, you can sort of see how it's happened. It's, it's poorly executed and it's funny. I don't know what flex did. It's a brilliant cross. Best cross he's put in all season. <laughs> so I think I do know what he was doing, but I also think he should not do this <laughs> under any no. circumstances ever again. He's... He's on the sort of edge of his box. We're defending like a set piece or a, a, a corner or an attack from them. 
and he just smashes this ball across the six yard box. I mean, and he gets he gets like a perfect bit of fade on it as well. So it properly. I mean, it, it looks like it's going to swerve into the far corner at one point. I think, but fortunately, curves away from goal because yeah. that's a throw in. But I, I think that's arguably the best chance they had in a weird way. Because <laughs> if anyone gets anything on that, he's, he's definitely going in. But at the time, I, I think everyone just looked at each other and went, "What?" <laughs> uh, yeah, my my eyebrows went so far up they they joined my hairline. It was just. <laughs> Yeah, it wasn't like an, oh, my God, it, or like a, a horror, you know, when somebody sort of yeah, yeah. trips over a back pass or anything like that. It's just, just what? <laughs> what on earth yeah. just happened? Um, so what I think he was trying to do was welly it off a QPR player for a goal kick. That's uh, QPR, mm-hmm. sorry. Bournemouth. Uh, yeah, Bournemouth. I've yeah. got, Q, got QPR. You're closer to a QPR player. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was trying to smash it off a... Um, off a Bournemouth attacker and, and get a goal kick, but instead he just drilled it straight across the his own The best thing box. about it, again, is his reaction as if, yeah, normal. Yes. <laughs> Completely normal clearance from me. <laughs> Played for and got. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then my final, uh, my final weird thing, and uh, we will use this as a nice segue point, the uh, the linesman not bothering to give Gibbs White offside when he came back from about 15 yards offside yeah. to pick the ball up and carry on playing. The linesman was just literally just waved his hand and was like, "Yep, yeah, that's fine. I'm pretty sure, pretty sure yeah. no rules have been broken there. You're allowed to do I, that." I couldn't believe because I was thinking at the time I was like, "Is that his offside?" You don't even stand up, do you? Because you think well, he's, yeah, yeah, he's yeah. offside. And then what? There must have been someone there, but they weren't. It was just, I mean, obviously the referee were appalling, which we'll come on to. I don't think he was out at all by his linesman, to be no. honest. Well, I want to come on to it now because we can get it out of the way. Um, yeah. It is. Just an idiot. <laughs> Let's leave it at that. I mean, it has to be. The, we've had some bad ones this season, but do you know, this is really making me reappraise my feelings towards Premier League officiating, to be honest, because. They're so bad at this level, like so, so bad. And this was, I think I really do think this was the worst. Definitely not helped by his linesman either. Although in one particular instance, he was helped by his linesman and chose to ignore him as uh, we'll get on to. But I mean, I I was, I I laughed numerous times. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't just in our uh, going against us. It was just some astonishingly bad decisions for both sides. And this is what I want to make clear. If there is any neutrals listening or whatever, they're probably thinking it's just two fans who, you know, mad at a ref because it's not anything to do with that. It's nothing to do with that at all because he, he, the one Berger got one in the second half, which would (laughs) never been a foul. (laughs) Berger gets tackled clearly, like clean tackle. Like there's no, no one, nowhere does anyone like touch him. Foul. What, I even having that's never been a foul. Yeah. <laughs> I think I started laughing at that one. I just like, yeah. this is so bad. Like they just haven't got a clue at all. And uh, and then like, obviously the lines, like you said, with the offside, did not know the rule. And again, the gives white one went for us. So it's not just us slagging the ref off for stuff that's gone against us. And I, I just, I mean, like I, I messaged you before, Rooney this weekend has really gone in on the officials at this level and said that they're the worst he's ever known since he's been playing football. And it sounds like a Mardi manager again, because that's what you do sound like, especially after you've lost or decisions not gone your way. Mm. I think he's right. I don't remember being refs being this bad 10 years ago. Well, I don't remember being this bad that. three years ago when we were... This is, this is it, and, and they are. And to paraphrase Graham Sooners, there's a reason why no English referees get selected for World Cups, because the, the standards are absolutely appalling. It's so and, frustrating. Like, I, I, I thought the ref yesterday in the Man City-Liverpool game, I can't remember it where. Anthony Taylor, actually. Anthony Taylor, he did all right, and I think that were. 
and I was watching that match thinking it's such a step up. Even though the Premier League refs are not brilliant, mm. the Championship referees are, are, are awful. And Rooney was saying that Rooney said they should be banned and fined, <laughs> <laughs> which I like the idea of. But I mean, people say like, oh, they should come out and explain the decisions. But we, we sort of get that with Dermot Gallagher in the Premier League, yeah. And they just sort of fudge it and say, oh no, because what's happened here is, and that, and realistically, I don't want what were his name, Dean White, Dean Whitestone. I do. I don't know to be honest. I think it was Dean Whitestone, and I think. He, I don't him coming out for me and saying, "Oh yeah, I got it wrong. Sorry." That doesn't change anything, and it's it's a really difficult job. One of my friends used to be a referee, like an amateur referee, and he quit as he was getting like up the ladder because of the abuse he got and stuff. And I understand all that, and it's really really difficult. But as Eckingbottom said after the match, you expect the officials to perform to the level the players are at at this mm. level, if you, if that makes sense, and. You can't miss those decisions in terms of the penalty, in terms of the, the offside with Gibbs White. And I don't know about the throwing, to be honest. I'm too far away. You know, with the throw-ins and uh, where, where Baldock stops and stuff, and he, he probably shouldn't stop. But the fact yeah. that everyone went mad possibly suggests that went out as well. But And it's not the first time, is it, this season? It's not. Um, what did I want to say about this? It's like... It's just... Because I know we're saying, look, this this was like... It was bad for both teams, but but I don't... I don't want it to be bad for both teams. I want no. the game. I want the game to be settled because of football. Essentially, and that's that, yeah, that's spot on. That because the two games we've had against Bournemouth this season have not been settled by. We should we should have four points against Bournemouth at least. And I'm not, you know, it goes it goes against you, it goes for you. We got a lucky one at Uddersfield a couple of weeks ago, and I'm sure there's other ones that we've got lucky with, which because you don't you never remember the ones that <laughs> went for you. You say, oh yeah, you know, we had that blah blah blah, but. Again, you know, the, these referees are deciding games, and that can't be that can't be right. Yeah, and it just got—I mean, it just got a hand in it. I mean, we we reached a stage where we couldn't go near their midfield essentially, or pretty much any of their players, because it was it was just an automatic free kick. You know, he fell just... for it every time, particularly first half. Every mm. single time he fell for it, and some of the—I I just couldn't believe that he would. I, I think I said it, I, I was saying something along the lines of, it's like, you, you, you can't want to be conned. You can't, as a referee, think, oh, I know it's not really a fight. He must have he must have just been that naive. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, Bournemouth uh, Bournemouth played up to it, I suppose. Uh, I think it was it, is it Smith out on the on the right. Was it uh, Adam Smith, is it? The, um... Absolutely disgraceful player, I thought. That, yeah. That. I just hate that sort. I'd rather have a dirty player, and I mean that. I'd rather have someone who's kicking someone all game, and you can say, "What's it?" Rather than blatant cheating that he was doing. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we just couldn't go there. No, Fifteen, wasn't it? Sorry, uh, not fourteen. Yeah, the right. Yeah, back. It was Smith, though, weren't it? I think. Yeah, yeah. it was. Yeah, uh, we just couldn't go near him, unfortunately, for most of the game, and then just stuff like Solanke, you know, essentially clotheslines Fodringham. Mm, <laughs> doesn't good. get a yellow card for he it. He just walked past the ref. Ref was like, all right, mate. <laughs> uh, have a word, at least. Billing arguably could have been sent off in the second half. Mm. When he come flying across again, nah, it's fine. And like I say, I don't think he was necessarily biased. I just think he was bad. I think yep. he... And this is what's so frustrating about it. If it's a biased ref, which I don't think biased refs realistically exist, yep. you can sort of say, I don't know, You can you can sort of get... It's angry because you feel like they're against you. Like we've had some VAR decisions, obviously in the Premier League, go massively against us, which probably wouldn't have gone for other clubs, uh, like the bigger clubs. But when he's just bad and he's that bad, same as Donahue earlier in the season, it's so frustrating because 
he did ruin a really good match. Not to do with the penalties or anything, just because he, he stopped it from flowing. Yeah. And uh, as I say, yeah, I just, I just wanted the games... I just wanted to be settled by football, you know, like by, by good play or, or bad play, by football players, not by like this random element, essentially, mm. of like which, which, you know, which way are you going to give this fairly clear decision this time? Um, mm. Yeah, I think just with that throw in, actually, uh, or the one where Baldock stopped, I think, I think Baldock really shouldn't have stopped there. I, you I, shouldn't. It was terrible from Baldock. That I don't, I'm, I'm not sure that was out at all. And the fact that he just stopped completely is pretty appalling defending yeah. to be honest and i can't be- i couldn't believe he stopped because when he stopped mm. though he's obviously giving it then i'm like even if this goes in that's baldock's fault because even yeah. if it was out should i say because you you can't stop you can't you know unless it's been booted out of the ground or whatever <laughs> if it's that close you, i couldn't believe he stopped you really someone like him as well as a you know he's really professional as a player isn't he and yeah yeah yeah, but yeah, Very really strange. disappointing. I thought it were quite poor actually, balled off in this match personally. But yeah, I think the team as a whole was it was a, a decent effort. I thought. I think yeah, defensively, I think everyone needs a massive pat on the back to be mm. honest because Fodringham mm. got another uh, another nice easy game against a yeah. ridiculously strong attack like we yeah, talked about yeah. before. Um, unchanged team, we didn't really. I didn't feel there was really an option to change the team particularly. Was there anyone yeah. you would have liked to have seen? come in no all? and I've seen some people say the subs weren't great I actually thought the subs really helped us I thought the last mm. 10 minutes we were far better than we were for the rest of the game pretty much in the second half anyway we definitely got on top I think Osborne's energy would massive for us just closing him down and no obviously I thought they were excellent at pressing I have to say that Bournemouth mm. they never gave us a second did they on the ball to to bring it out and sort of try and play any triangles. And so Norwood didn't really, he didn't get a chance to dictate it. I thought they pressed us really, really well. Mm. And I thought when Osborne came in particular, it wasn't fantastic, but just his energy alone just added something else for us. Yeah, he was sort of, well, he was. He, he went and played where, um, Fle- he came on for Fleck, didn't he, I think? Yeah. Fleck yeah. or Berger, actually. Oh, no, were it Berger? Might have been for Berger, but um, yeah. yeah, that's right. Yeah, because he was notionally on the right, I suppose, but he was popping up all over the place. Yeah, good. He's a good Good player to bring on in those kind of situations. Yeah. Sorry, sorry in the Premier League, I suppose. You know, yeah, and I saw people say, oh, it's a negative change, should have brought Njai on. But I thought the Osborne change w- did more than what the Njai because they closing us down so well and, and mm. sort of not giving us any space. I thought Osborne just doing what he does actually created more space. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, Bournemouth are the, the most aggressive pressing team in the league, as we uh, talked about in our preview. And I thought we did pretty well, you know. Like, yeah. Most, I guess, our chances came on the counter attack generally, but yeah. that was clearly the the game plan we were going for. I suppose that's I mean, exactly that. We, like I say, I were really impressed. The most impressive thing about Bournemouth thought was how quickly they, they closed us down because we hmm. we couldn't really get any sort of rhythm, could we? As no. you said, we, we, we and we and they had all the ball in the passing. So I suppose Parker has a point that they dominated in that sense. But we we obviously played to play on the counter attack because we knew that'd be a best chance of creating chances and. and it worked because we should have won. Yeah, there's a lot of athletes in their team, in there? I mean, mm-hmm. again, we talked before, Billing and Lerma is just proper powerhouse midfield. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. They, they weren't outstanding or anything like that, but Billing is like, it must be the tallest non-goalkeeper to have ever played football. <laughs> it's <just> like, <laughs> this guy is huge. Yeah, telescopic yeah. legs. Um, but yeah, I, I thought uh, I thought we stood up to them pretty well. You know, we, we were... Committed in the tackle, we probably 
you know, crossed the line a couple of times and mm. not helped by uh, the referee, as I said, who were giving... Because obviously the Bournemouth fans after, there were a couple saying, oh, they were dirty and all this sort of stuff. And I know you get that, but we were aggressive, but we, you know, we weren't over the top or anything like that. They were very similar to us. They were the last time they came to Bramall Lane, where, if you remember that match... Oh, um, yes. Yes, when they were sort of on the floor. And they've obviously carried that on. And some, some teams are like that. I'm not going to... If you get away with it, why not, I suppose? And we unfortunately got a referee who fell for it every time. Yeah, it's, uh, it did make me think they will fit in just fine in the Premier League. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Playing that way. Um, <laughs> so our, our chances then, we had three big chances, as I said. First one, a, a brilliant counter-attack. It actually comes from a, a pretty dangerous attack by Bournemouth. Mm. And uh, Ben Davies makes a great interception on the edge of our box. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, it gets played up to McBurney. Um who plays an excellent reverse pass to Gibbs White. This is just yeah. before half-time, this. And Travers makes a fantastic save from the one-on-one. Yeah. I mean, Gibbs White hits it hits it hard. It goes high, obviously. Um, and Travers is going down, isn't he, as he mm. sort of saves it. It's fantastic to, to get that sort of power into his hand to tip it over. Brilliant save. Yeah, great move, great save. A lot of credit to McBurney for that pass, I thought. Yeah. That was not easy to do at all. He had uh, one of his better games, I thought, McBurney. Um, I think the last two games has been the best two games this season, which is not saying much. I'm not going to say... Back-to-back, yeah, definitely. Yeah, but I think that if he'd have started this season with those two performances, I think we'd have been thinking, yeah, he's going to get a goal soon because he's playing well. Mm. He's obviously the the worst thing... I think the worst thing with playing McBurney up front on his own or whatever it is that we're doing is that he likes to drop deep. There's so many times you had the ball and there were nobody in the box because he does like to come deep. But that's not McBurney's fault. We're playing him in a position that he's not really that suited to because there's no one else. It's it's not really a striker, is he? Despite the song. No, he's our striker. He's our number (laughs) nine. He's our deep-lying forward. He's our number nine. (laughs) Um, I'm just defensive trying to look. in the red and white. <laughs> <laughs> be, he is good at defensive edits, to be fair. I thought he played well. I think he did everything that you sort of like. He, he held it up. He won things, and he, he didn't look dangerous though. I think that's no. the the main issue. He apparently had three shots. I'm just I've just brought this up now. I don't remember. Oh wait, yeah, he well, had one, one over the bar, weren't they? Were the deflected one. That was a good effort, to be fair. Yeah, he took he took uh, maybe a bit too much time. But then again, you're probably best studying yourself. Mm. Um, but you know, we we do miss sharp, but. I think the last two games, I can't really fault McBurney that much at all. I know he hasn't scored, but he, I think his performances are leaps and bounds what they were earlier on in the season. Yeah, I guess the... And this is kind of what you're saying, I think, but um, I, I guess the problem is that even with even when he plays well like that, I don't feel like he's any more likely to score because no. he's not he's not in the box, basically. No, like, no, no, no. And that's it, and that's the problem. And we, we are struggling for goals. We are short on goals at the moment. We're getting by by our fantastic defensive record and, and you know a bit of genius or whatever from Gibbs White or whatever or Berger or whatever that may be. But yeah, without Sharp, we don't have a striker who looks like he's going to score, which is obviously an issue. Yeah, and uh, he's expected to be out until the Cardiff game at least, and he's, he's, he's unlikely to play on Friday against Reading. Is Cardiff yeah. Monday or is that Bristol City, actually? Uh, Bristol City Monday. Aha, uh-huh. so we've got two more games in all likelihood without Sharp then. It'd the, be interesting uh, if Bernie least. can play both, obviously, because he's coming back from a, a big injury and he's been ill and all this sort of stuff. It'd be interesting if he can start both games. Mm, yeah, Jebison's playing for the under-23s right now, isn't he? And, uh, yeah, so, yeah, I think he'll play Friday, undoubtedly, like, but mm-hmm. I wonder if they will swap it up a bit. I'm not sure. Yeah, we'll see. But yeah, I thought he, uh, I thought he had a good game. I... 
I, 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 in the moment, was like, oh, stop being an idiot when he, um, you know, started scrapping with, not scrapping, yeah. it's a bit far, but, you know, uh, up in the grill of the goalkeeper. But yeah. then I was like, do you know what? If Sharp had done that, I'd be like, yeah, go on, Bill. So Yeah, and it's Tavazu starts with him as well. You know, yeah, yeah, got, he has every right to go for that ball. And then Tavazu gets up and gives him a bit, which is fair enough. And then he gives it back. And I don't think there were anything in it, really. But yeah, I do understand at the time you're thinking he's going to get sent off. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was really <laughs> he's it. Cap his season off. <laughs> his fantastic season today. Yeah. Um, but no, good, uh, a, a good game for him. He didn't. I've said this so many times, and I, I, I must say it every single match that I'm at, but he's so bad at being fouled, McBurney. This is one of my, <laughs> my biggest frustrations with him. Even when he is fouled, it never looks like a foul. And uh, and that's why he ever gets a free kick, and there must have been three or four that probably were fouls on him this mm. time, but uh, nothing doing. Anyway, um, he, he sort of indirectly uh, creates our second biggest chance of the game. Um, another one-on-one for Gibbs-White, where his his presence McBurney forces um yeah. might be Kelly actually that misses it or like flicks it backwards yeah. unwittingly and gives White's in on goal and uh keeper rushes out and saves it with his feet and uh, I think Gibbs White doesn't take this as well as he could do but I also think the keeper does a fantastic job of getting out again I'm glad you said this because everyone was saying it's a sitter and he's got he should score you know the the onus is on him and and with his talent and everything I actually thought the goalkeeper did fantastically well on this. He's out so quick. You don't normally yeah. see a keeper out that quick in, in that situation. And he, he takes a gamble by coming out because obviously Gibbs White could have just chipped him and, and he looks a bit of an idiot, but um, he spreads himself really well. Gibbs White doesn't have that much time to think about it either. Um, yeah. But it, I think he should score, but it, I think you've got, you have to give credit to the goal. I thought it was a fantastic save. Both, both of those saves for him were fantastic. Yeah. He, uh, he gets out so quick. I, I, I was just thinking... I was thinking, just don't shoot. Like knock it, try and knock it round him. The worst case scenario is probably the keeper gets sent off, or you're tapping it into empty net. But yeah, he doesn't have much time to think. Gibbs White and uh, takes the shot first time, and Travers makes a save. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't. I mean, they they had like one chance from Kelly, which was like a controlled corner that he, you know, flicks wide from about. 12 yeah. yards was not really a chance of any description, to be honest. It's and, bizarre because we're on the edge of a seat all game in a way because they had that mm. much possession and they did get into good areas. But, yeah, at the same time, you look back and you think they were never like, you know what I mean, or anything like that. It were, were really comfortable in terms yeah. defensively. Absolutely. And then uh, the biggest decision of the game, uh, a foul on um, Gibbs-White in the box is somehow not given. So McBurney flicks this on into the box Gibbs White gets there first, gets a touch to the ball, and gets unceremoniously booted up the backside by um, by the defender. And yeah. uh, the referee says, no, there's nothing wrong with that whatsoever. I mean, uh, uh, who is it on Twitter? That, is it LJD, our, uh, our old chum? With the, uh, I think it <laughs> I is. I going to say, yeah. I saw a post this, but he posted a picture of, uh, from Father Ted with... Bishop Brennan getting uh, kicked up the arse. For anyone who's seen Father Ted, you'll know exactly yeah, what that is. Yeah, that's yeah. basically what that's basically what happened to <laughs> Gibbs White in this game. He got Bishop Brennan, and um, the referee just looked at it and was like, "Nah, it's fine. You're allowed to do that these days." I mean, I have to admit, because of that horrible pole <laughs> on the cop, I did get a clear, <laughs> a really, really clear view of this, and everyone was going mad. Around. It were only after that or outrage at the time I was thinking, like probably not. You know what I mean? Because I didn't, I didn't, I just didn't get a clear view of it. And then you watch it back and you're like, oh my god! And obviously the linesman apparently after said to Gibbs White that he'd flag for the pen as well. So he didn't flag, but um, 
Uh, yeah, he did, he did say afterwards that he told the referee that it was a penalty, and the referee mm. said no. Um, flag, I'm, I'm 99% sure the flag didn't go up, because I'm pretty sure I would have seen that. But, um... Yeah, I think it's yeah. I mean, to to, to quote Warnock, uh, when he when he sees it back, does he think, "Well, I've made a mistake"? <laughs> you know, you know. Does he? I'd love to see. I'd love to be sat in a room. We all make mistakes at work. Everyone does. But I'd love to just say, like, realistically, how what what went through your head at that point? What did you miss? Because you're there. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the one with this in it. It's like, what did you see there, or what did you think you saw? Like, do you think he the defender got the ball? Like. It's nowhere that, near. Yeah, uh, like I say, I, I couldn't see because because of the pole. I, he's not got any excuse. He had a pole in front of him. <laughs> and, <laughs> oh, he's back next to it. He's he's on the pit, and I can't. I just it's so strange that he didn't give it because it was so blatant, and he's and he's in a good position. I know, I know. The the sort of common parlance is like these things even themselves out, and we've you know we've pointed mm-hmm. to a few decisions that have gone in our favour. However. Stoke, clear penalty in our yep. last uh, two games ago. Yep. This game, clear penalty. Both at nil-nil, by the way, those decisions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Blackpool, finish nil-nil. We had a goal disallowed for yeah. nothing, essentially. Could be sitting on six more points here. It's really annoying. Like I said, Bournemouth away, if you want to go about that far. You know, they were they got a penalty for us. It would foul outside the area to give, give a penalty. Mm. I, I, just, I, I don't know. I'm sure... Would you? Would you? Let's just put it like that. I, I, yeah, we are definitely due one. And if we do miss out, we can blame the refs, like Warnock, in, in honour of him. <laughs> Perfect. Everybody's happy at the end of the season. <laughs> um, I think uh, I think that was the last action, apart from the very, very last action of the game. We should say... Well, actually, let's, we'll, we'll talk about Aremovic's game uh, in a sec. We'll start, with, we'll start with the bad, which actually came at the very end of the match. Uh, we win a free kick very late on. Uh, it gets cleared mm-hmm. initially, recycled back to Hurahan, who's coming on at this point. He clips in a lovely ball to the back post. Yeah. Ben Davies, infuriatingly to me, uh, on the cop, heads it yeah, back across goal. And it's a goal, what are you doing? <laughs> Score, you idiot! Yeah. On the edge of the six-yard box. But actually, he makes a brilliant yeah. decision. I, I, you know, yeah. Total credit to him. He heads it back to a, an unmarked Removic. Oh, who, I, I, uh, I, I actually watched the highlights back, and I fast-forward to this point because I thought, is it was it as bad as it seemed? And it, and it was. I don't think I've ever seen. I can't think of a worse finish. Over the, I mean, like in terms of a goal drinks against uh, Millwall when he boots it over the bar on the line, you can sort the fact he had time for this and he and he sets himself up and you think this is it's a goal. Even when I'm watching it back, I'm thinking this is a goal, and then he so badly gets it wrong. You have to like sort of laugh really. It's uh, yeah, I, I, I sympathise because I feel like that's what I would do in that situation, but I am <laughs> yeah. very much not. Yeah. A professional international footballer. Yeah. yeah, you're right. He has time to size it up. It is a bouncing ball. He, he opts for a side foot finish. Blast it, man! Just slices it miles wide. I mean, he's got a couple of defenders in the way, so there's no guarantee he scores, even if it's on target. No. But who boy, that was uh, that was a brilliant chance. It was like what was that? Ninety fourth, ninety fifth minute, something like that. Yeah. That was yeah. that was the game right there. That it's was only Jackie Longthrow was here. He blasting <laughs> yeah. that one into the corner. Yeah, no, but obviously it was a fairly similar chance in a way to that one Jack Robinson scored against Middlesbrough. Obviously Jack Robinson's were harder, but mm. he's he's got to make the keeper work, and and he's got to. It's almost like he had too much time. It, yeah. it, so thinking if it was just heat at the moment, he just blasts it. But he's thinking. Do you know what? I can actually place this because I've got that much time, and he just gets it so wrong, and then gets a nosebleed. Literally, I don't know if you saw Quest where 
Clinton Morrison was saying that he's, uh, people talk about defenders getting nosebleeds. This has literally happened. <laughs> that's, that's brilliant. I, I saw that that had happened, but well done, Clinton Morrison, for taking advantage of that. Great line. Um, I've no idea how this happened, though. He, he must have tangled with someone. But, yeah, he was uh, he was a bloody mess by end of game, wasn't he? Yeah, I thought we were going off at one point. He went down, didn't he? Mm, he, he I don't know whether uh, somebody like stood on his heel or something, like as he was clearing the ball, not yeah. maliciously particularly. But yeah, um, that was a uh, you know a really gutting miss. I guess that's why people will point and go like, "That's two points dropped." And yeah, in in a vacuum, yeah. I can definitely see that. I made um, him out for a good minute, even though we're happy with the point overall. Mm. I was just like, "Oh my god." <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, if that had gone in, would have been unbelievable. It would, yeah. I mean, I, I did. I stole a glance at the Bournemouth fans, and I could see most of them had got their heads in their hands as well. So yeah. they were just like, "Oh boy, we got away with one there." Which, yeah, um, I, I, yeah, I think that was reflected in the view from as well, wasn't it? There was a yeah, they all that. all the Bournemouth. To be fair, it was a decent view from. They all said they were lucky, quite from a couple at the end who, like, just the. Uh, I don't know, the, the cliche Bournemouth fan of like, oh no, these ruffians are coming round. Impeccable <laughs> <laughs> um, Bournemouth. But yeah, to be fair to them, they, they were really fair. And, they, and I think they're quite worried. I mean, I still think they'll go up, but at the same time, they have got a difficult run in, which is good for us, I think, because they play a lot of teams around mm. us. Um, but I, I, yeah, they've got Forest, and it's six points now, and they've played the same amount of games. Forest win that, it is only three points. So I, I do see where the nerves are coming from. Yeah, we should we should really be Bournemouth fans the rest of the season, right? We want them to. Oh yeah. We want them to be Middlesbrough. <laughs> Middlesbrough on Friday. Come on, Bournemouth. Mm-hmm. Uh, Blackburn at the end of the month. Forest, Millwall. Yeah, Coventry. Yep. We're we're at Coventry. They must be something miles away, aren't they? Coventry about six. I think it's six points. Coventry. Yeah, you're right. Six exactly. Yeah, Coventry um, will probably beat him because Coventry beat all the good sides and lose all the rubbish ones. So, indeed. <laughs> um, yeah. I thought Aramovic had a good game. You you weren't quite as convinced, were you? I'm wrong because I <laughs> thought it were really soft play. It took long had... to talk you down from that one. Well, I've listened to the Red Off who gave him man of the match. I was uh, watched Sheffield United away. And I think it was Florida play gave him man of the match. I was a Tufty Club. He gave him man of the match. He got the official man of the match. I think he said you said you were your man of the match. So, like, yeah, I'm wrong. <laughs> I think the, the, the evidence is there. There's enough, you know. I mean, democracy is a fantastic system. So, uh, I think... I just thought he were really sloppy, actually, in the second half with the ball. I thought he defended all right. I thought first half he were pretty faultless, really. Um, and I just thought he gave it away a couple of times. And I, I thought that were a game for, for Basham because they closed us down so well and there were very little space. Uh, when we got the ball, and I thought they defended pretty well, Bournemouth as a as a team as a whole. I thought we just liked that Basham doing something what nobody knows where he's going to go, including Basham. And to, in in hindsight, I can't expect that from Aremovic. Is that the date right? Yeah, yeah, I believe yeah, so. I'll have that. Yeah, uh, that's a win. Um, <laughs> I, yeah, I, I, um, I can't. Yeah, I can't really expect that from Aremovic. And he did defend solidly, you know, and he did that fantastic tackle on Solanke and. I think mm. keeps his place. I mean, he's taught Basham's back this weekend, which seems a bit out of the blue, to be honest. But if he is, I think you've got to keep him in. Yeah, I'd, 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 I'd have Basham straight back in if uh, uh, if, if possible. I won't but... be crying about it. I just think that, you know, he's, he's played well in two games now. Yeah. No, he has. Uh, and I, I, I do think he was probably our... Uh... Yeah, I would say probably played best out of our entire team. It's a difficult one, because someone said, like, who is your man of the match then? I'm like, I don't really know, but decent team performance felt as a whole rather than mm-hmm. a 
individual display. I would have given it Gibbs White, but can you give it one of his chances? Yeah, can 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 you give it someone who missed the two best chances of the game? I actually thought Stevens played really well again defensively, in particular. Mm. Yeah, yeah, that's true with a a tough assignment. Mm. Um, Yeah, they do. I think I don't know if it was on Billing actually that tackle, the the one that United have shared with him. uh, Yeah, I think it's Lanky, but yeah, maybe uh, he might be right. I only watched it well. Yeah, so wasn't the best. uh, Best, best view of who it actually was, but whoever the Bournemouth player is, he, he squares up to Aremovic and then quickly decides to <laughs> back no. off, which is quite yeah. funny because he's a good foot taller than him. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I wouldn't want to mess with him. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I thought uh, a brilliant bit of defending in the first half, which um, it ended up like for, yeah. for half a second looking like it was going to be an own goal. Yeah, I know where, what you mean. Brilliant that, fantastic. I, th- I thought that got overlooked quite a lot actually because. People will be at me and oh, we got away with that one and stuff. Like, that's actually really, really good defending. I thought he read it superbly. Like, obviously, yeah. we, we have a great view of that one in the cop, but yeah, it was mm-hmm. a, a smart through ball by them and he, he just read the intention brilliantly, yeah. sticks out of foot. And, um, you know, all right, it goes fairly close to goal, but it isn't going in the goal and he doesn't kick it with enough yeah. force yeah. to uh, really worry Fodringham, who was able to get down on it um, nice and easy. Yeah, mm-hmm. good game. Um, I just think. I mean, Basham's just Basham's Basham, isn't he? I mean, you know, if, yeah. if McBurney had scored consecutive hat tricks, I'd still want Billy Sharp to start. I, yeah, game. I like I say, I think Maybe. it's yeah, I think it, especially against the apparent weaker sides that we've got coming up, Basham probably is your man if he is fit because we'll, we'll create miles more overloads and look more creative. Because I do think with Aramovich, he's a solid defender, which is absolutely fine, but you probably need more from your wing back. Than Baldock was giving us in an attacking sense at the moment. I think if you put him next to Bogle, I think that'd be really good because you've got the solidness of uh, Removich, and then obviously Bogle who's the the more attacking out of the two. Mm. I'm impressed so far, though. It's only what 150 minutes of play, yeah. or something like that. But he, he looks, uh, yeah, he looks, he looks good, solid. Um, so did John and... Colvey, whatever he was called. So his name Gene Colve or whatever he... there, there was yeah I don't that was in an era where I was as close to being checked out of United as I've probably ever <laughs> yeah. been to be honest so I, I couldn't you. tell you <laughs> I can tell you exactly how that one was pronounced but I know what you mean it's got a wonder goal against Preston once right yeah fantastic goal like, he's a great player he's like he's some rubbish <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah he uh, he looks a good pick up so far in, yeah uh, yeah definitely. and yeah we uh, we definitely need a defender and who knows maybe he's uh, maybe we'll see him sort of expand his game a bit more uh, from an attacking point of view in the next few weeks as he gets more yeah. used to his teammates and what we're trying to do when he's playing against less tough opposition than Bournemouth, I suppose. Yeah. I'm going to say, I mean, I know QPR are on a bad run, but it's too difficult game for him to come on to. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Uh, any final thoughts on Bournemouth? No, it's, it's a weird one to... I, I sort of woke up in the morning thinking, oh, it's not a bad thing. I'm thinking, oh, God, that, particularly that chance at the end. You're thinking, mm-hmm. if we'd have had three points, but the, the way the other results have gone, and obviously Luton and Huddersfield playing tonight, one of them's got to drop points at least. We could have been fourth, I think. Yeah, so we can't drop out the playoffs, can we? Uh, no, which I uh, thought this right weekend, now, I thought this weekend we would drop out the playoffs based on who we were playing and based on who Middlesbrough and Blackburn were playing. The fact that we're still six has got to be a bonus. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah Middlesbrough. Do they? I'm just looking at their fixtures now. They play. I don't know where they're going to fit their extra game in. Am I going uh, last? They've got a game more. Against? I don't know. They've got to play. Whew, blimey! Next two games: Bournemouth and Huddersfield for Middlesbrough. Um, but Bournemouth and Huddersfield, sorry, did you say? That's Middlesbrough's next two games, yeah, but then they have quite a quite a nice stroll to the finish line from there. 
Yeah, well, you know, I mean, they lost the whole at home, so I imagine they're obviously in very squeaky, squeaky bomb time at the moment. So mm, squeaky indeed. Right, uh, this segue has nothing to do with squeaky whatsoever, but here we are. Let's uh, let's have a quick break, and uh, then we'll we'll talk about Reading briefly before we finish off. Hello, Bladespod listener. A quick break to tell you about sponsor of this podcast. It is, of course. NordVPN. I use NordVPN to encrypt my own traffic on web and mobile, meaning I never need to worry about unsecure websites or apps or public Wi-Fi connections. Great for me if I'm working on the move, which I very much enjoy doing around Sheffield and savouring all the many excellent coffee shops that will indulge my presence. Uh, NordVPN also make it very easy for me to switch my virtual location with just a single click gives me access to all kinds of streaming platforms that are not available in the UK, like Netflix overseas, Hulu, you name it. Maybe particularly relevant for people who like to watch games of football that may otherwise not be viewable in the UK. Now, NordVPN have a special offer for Bladespod listeners. You can get your exclusive NordVPN deal by going to nordvpn.com slash bladespod or using the code BLADESPOD when you sign up and you will get a 73% discount off your NordVPN plan, plus one additional month for free and a bonus gift as well. It's completely risk-free with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. The bonus gift I mentioned is a brand new feature called Threat Protection, which is anti-malware, protects your devices from malicious ads and pop-ups, phishing sites, and viruses. So head to nordvpn.com slash bladespod now and try NordVPN risk-free. Thank you for listening. Now let's get back to the podcast. And we are back. And next up for the Blades is the third of our uh, trio of consecutive home games. And it is a theoretically easier game uh, than the ones we've just played, which is Reading at Home. How are you feeling about this one? Um, I know they've picked up a little bit, haven't they? Uh, since Paul Ince has come in. Um, and yeah, uh, it's a bizarre one because they've got players that I look at the squad and, and you think, yeah, he's decent, he's decent, he's decent. But obviously they've had a terrible season. So um, it's definitely one you've got to be looking at picking three points up in. I mean, they, pretty much everything suggests they are the fourth worst side in the league. You know, we were saying like Bournemouth are. You've got Fulham and then you've got Bournemouth, who are like definitively the second best side, and then there's Daylight mm-hmm. and everyone else. Reading mm-hmm. are kind of like that at the other end of the table, where there's... Yeah. Except by saying they're the fourth worst side, they're actually the third worst side, because Derby should be like, you know, well, 21 points set better off, basically. Um, yeah, 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 completely. Um, and I think defensively, they've let loads in, haven't they? Oh boy, they have been bad defensively, yeah. Only... Um, so only Peterborough have conceded more goals. And this this blew my mind. They are the worst team in the league defending set pieces, the highest XG allowed, but also the most actual set piece goals allowed, which is 20. They conceded 20 set piece goals in 41 games. It's like one every two games. That's terrible. <laughs> like, you know, if you, people thought we were bad at the start of the season, this is like if that had carried on through the entire season. Unfortunately, we're not exactly well placed to take advantage of that particularly, but. That is a, a really shocking record from set pieces. Um, they're also the lowest pressing team in the league as well. So we've gone from Bournemouth, who pressed the most, to Reading, who theoretically, or at least so far this season, have pressed the least. So, 
got, I'm just looking at they had Danny Drinkwater in midfield um, yep. on Saturday, which and Julia, Julian Euler and Tom Ince. It's like just like the championship from 15 years ago. <laughs> yeah, they, I mean they're going to stay up, but um, I'm a bit annoyed. That, not as annoyed as my wife, admittedly, but a bit a bit annoyed that they lost at the weekend because I think if they'd beaten uh, Cardiff as they were doing. Then that pretty much is is game over in terms of the relegation yeah. places. Um, yeah. So they do still have something to play for. Um, but I mean, eight points clear could get trimmed to five if Barnsley win their game in hand. But they don't particularly look like doing that. Barnsley have six games all season. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm fairly. The, the, what I'm worried about in a way is they have players that you you've sort of. Lucas Zhao, for mm. instance, you know. You, you, There's a few uh, players Swift. that I wouldn't mind, yeah. you know, like yeah, John, yeah, John yeah. Swift, yeah, absolutely. Um, and, you know, I know Tom Ince and Euler are, are way past the, the best and they never fulfilled the potential and everything, but I suppose on the day they can cause issues. Yeah, they what did they, they beat Fulham earlier this season. Um, yeah, yeah, I feel like they've, they drew with Bournemouth not that long ago. We do, of beat course... Blackburn. Oh yeah, we do of course have our insane record against them, uh, mm. which hopefully will continue. Um, which is six wins in a row in all competitions. Yeah, one, two, three, four, yeah. six. Um, yeah, and only one defeat since two thousand and eight. Wow, that's going back a bit. Um, yeah. Tom Ince, managed by Paul Ince, is this? I'm putting this out there to the, the to Blades Twitter. Is this? Have we had a father son manager player opposition? Uh, so this that's what obviously obviously what this is uh, is father and son uh, father manager son playing has there been one playing against us and managing against us since Alex and Steve Bruce and I'm not hundred percent sure that's happened against us probably has at some point right like Birmingham maybe I can't think I mean like I said the the only one that I, you often asked me this before and. Only one I can think like what you haven't mentioned is Darren Ferguson and Alex Ferguson back in the early nineties. So I, I, you know, I'm pulling up a blank on that. Yeah, I think the Bruces are the most recent one. I off the top of my head can't remember, but I think Gavin Strachan played in that FA Cup quarter final, uh, which was obviously ninety eight. So before the Bruces, uh, managed by Gordon at that point. This was a very poorly articulated uh, question. Sorry, has <laughs> just just hit me with. Um, Father-son management uh, player oppositions for the Blades because yeah, it seems quite a that's quite an unusual thing, really, isn't it? To have that? Yeah, uh, definitely. Yeah, it probably shouldn't be. You feel like it would happen uh, more frequently. I also learned that Darnell Furlong is um, Paul Furlong's son today. I didn't yeah, know. I didn't know that. Some I had no idea about that. that. Yeah, yeah. Well, there you go. Anyway, Reading <laughs> should be uh, yeah, it's, it's a should be an easier game than uh, the, the couple we've just played. Oh, I, I guess the the thing is we we have to win, really, don't we? It's, it's it's sort of it's not a must win game, but also it's like a kind of a disaster if we don't win it. Yeah, I think if we if we don't win, then people are going to get really really saying that. And I'll say we're not going to win because we're win every every other game now. If we can't beat Reading, fourth worst side and stuff. And well, if you had to pick the the next three fixtures, you'd be hard pressed to pick three teams. You know, that you'd most like to face in Reading, Bristol City, and Cardiff. Yep. I think, you know, you look at around at who everyone else is playing and stuff. We really have a massive opportunity now in these next three games to properly cement 
a playoff place. Because I think if we win all three, which is a big ask, by the way, especially at this league where anything can happen. But if we can win all three, I think you've pretty much done it. Yeah, absolutely. We'll, we'll be the favourites in all three games, I imagine. Yeah, playing 17th, 19th and 21st. Yeah. Um, yeah, winning winning three out of three is obviously hard because football is hard. But um, Yeah, and look, I don't expect... We are going to... I'm almost certain we're going to drop points in one of these three games we're expecting to win. Because hmm. uh, that's what happens, whether it's a draw or a loss or whatever. As I said, look at Middlesbrough. You know, they lost to all, but... And look, you know, just look at the runnings and stuff like that. As I said, as you said, should I say, Middlesbrough have got Bournemouth and Huddersfield the next two. Feasible, they could lose both of them. And then if we win both of them, that's it. You know, they can't, realistically, they can't catch us. Mm-hmm. So, so uh, uh, yeah, it's, it's a big game. I'm, I'm more nervous about this one than the Reading one, uh, than the Bournemouth one, because it's one of those that we really need to win. Yeah, where it will, it would definitely be annoying if we didn't win. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> it's just yeah, like, yeah, come yeah. on, we, we have to. If we're going to be a top six team, then uh, yeah, we need to beat a side down at the other end of the league. I can allow like a draw at Bristol City just because we've been like pretty average away from home for a little while now. But um, certainly Cardiff and Reading at home is almost. I mean, like you say, if you could cherry pick some opponents, those are probably the two you would want to play at this stage of the season. I yeah. think in it, yeah, from yeah. maybe Peterborough. But like you know, I'd rather be playing Reading and Cardiff than. Uh, Derby and Barnsley, or even Hull, to be honest, just because of the the sort of rivalry potential of those games. Yeah, whereas... completely. And I'm, I'm just having a look at the form table. Cardiff are actually third in the form table. Oh right. Um. Uh. But yeah, they've they played six, one, four, drawn one, lost one. So obviously that's going to be tricky. But the rest of them, QPR's bottom, Bristol City second bottom. Um. You've got Reading in 16th. You know what I mean? Well, you can't really ask for much more than that. No, God, I forgot QPR, actually. Yeah, free falling. They are 11th now, aren't they? Um, yeah, yeah. Six That'll points be... behind us now. Have I got that right? Six points behind us. Yeah, and they were third. When, when they had that match called off against us, I think they must have been about 14, 15 points in front of us. Yeah, I think you're probably right. All right, mate, we've, we've, uh, we've rattled on a good while and uh, my internet has been playing silly buggers for the last sort of 20 minutes <laughs> or so. So hopefully I can pick all that up in the editing and uh, yeah, make up for, uh, well, lost time there, I suppose. Um, <laughs> uh, what, what do you want to plug before we uh, finish up? Um, yeah, so I've uh, got the view from Bournemouth out. I'll have a pre-match view from uh, Reading probably... Oh, actually, I'm going to win in Thursday, I think. So I might have that out Wednesday. might be a bit earlier. Um, and then we're recording uh, mainly episodes tonight. Obviously, we're ill, so we've not recorded anything. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to be uh, recording Bullseye tonight Bullseye. with Liam. Bullseye, get it. What's your... Uh... What's the production time on that? When, when can we expect it to be uh, released? Liam's hands are—I'm uh, not going to put pressure on the man. You know, he's, you, he's a busy you, guy. When you, when you, yeah, when you're producing a high-quality podcast, you can't—you <laughs> can't put time on these things. So that's true. And on that note, this one should be live in about 35 minutes. So uh, yeah. Uh, all right, mate. Well, that is Roy's view from .com. Living with Maidley is the podcast, and check out the pinch on Substack as well. Go and uh, go and subscribe to that for. Well, I don't know. Maybe if you subscribe now, maybe you, I think you probably would still get sent your uh, your piece that you've written. I think that's how it works. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, and I imagine you can sort of look back, can't you, once you've subscribed anyway and see what, what's gone before this month. But I don't know. I'm, I'm talking for him. I have no idea. That's <laughs> <laughs> absolutely no idea. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, we'll finish there, mate. Thanks, uh, thanks for your time. Hopefully, uh, hopefully see you on Friday. Didn't catch you on Saturday, unfortunately. But, uh, yeah, yeah, let's hope it is a good Friday for the Blades. Yes. And, uh, 
three more yeah, points. Yeah, looking forward. Looking forward to it, mate. We're we're at the business end now, aren't we? Oh, so we certainly are. It's what we wanted, isn't it? We said yeah. about three months ago, like let's just we just want at the end of the season to have something to play for uh, that isn't a relegation fight. So um, yeah, this uh, couldn't ask for too much more than this, apart from maybe maybe the occasional clear penalty given uh, in our favour. Yeah, just. Yeah, just have let's just have some decisions that are you know normal. Normal, I don't yeah. know. Maybe not normal. <laughs> yeah, so, so just let's just like you know, just if it's a pen, just give a pen. It's as simple as that, isn't it? Really, <laughs> as long as it's uh, down the right end of the pitch. Yeah, yes, not, exactly. I'm not too bothered about what's happening in front of uh, in front of Wes, as long as it's staying out of the no. goal. Anyway, <laughs> all right. Thanks very much, mate. Appreciate your time, and uh, I'll catch up with you later. Thank you, mate. Cheers.